0: Welcome to Money-Making Conversation. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. These are my passions, and that's what I'm going to do for you. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life will present to you. That's what my guests do on this show. They bring these nuggets of information that will motivate you. Take those nuggets from these interviews and use them, apply them to your life keep winning. My next guest is a true winner, longtime friend, Dr. Ian Smith, who is the author of many number one New York Times best selling books, Shred, The Revolutionary Diet, Super Shred, The Big Results Diet, Blast the Sugar Out, The Clean 20, The Ancient Nine, Clean and Lean, and 11 other books with millions of copies in print. His newest book, The Unspoken, that's by Ian K. Smith, the first installment of his Ask K. Mystery Series will be released on October 1st, but you can buy it right now. He is currently the solo host. This is the big news, the big news. He is currently the solo host of the nationally syndicated Emmy Award winning television show, The Doctors. He's going to be on stage by himself as a longtime medical contributor to an Emmy Award winning show. He's been on the Rachel Ray Show many times recently. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Dr. Ian Smith. Wow.
1: Hey, Rashawn. Thank you, man. That's a, that's quite an introduction. I was trying
0: to figure out who you were talking about. <laughs> hey, man. Well, you have a career. I didn't even go all the way back to the Ginny Jones days. The Jenny Jones days, man, when I first saw you little skinny behind on TV. <laughs> smiling and looking alert. No, man. Uh, I, you know, I, we've always crossed paths on TV. I remember in New York when, uh, when Steve and I, Steve Harvey and I was up there in 2005. We crossed paths back then and then mm-hmm. we came on the television show and we've always stayed in touch and if you had mm-hmm. projects, uh, the, the big uh, state farm project, uh,
1: yep. pound loss, that's, we, we,
0: that's when we really re- reconnected really seriously, yeah. really created our relationship. But it's always been about uh, encouraging people to, to do better, to be better. Yeah. Talk yeah. about that as part. Why is that such a strong mantra in your life, Dr. Ian Smith?
1: Well, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to become a physician so many years ago was because as a young boy, I was really, um, impressed and inspired by my own pediatrician. And I felt like my own pediatrician really was trying to help me and make me a better person and keep me healthy and give me a great opportunity to maximize what I could in life. And that really, that really kind of, um, gave me the seed to want to help people and to empower people. I just thought it was so powerful that here was a guy who had the ability, uh, to really empower me and change my life. And so I really wanted to do that in my career. And, you know, I've chosen different ways to do that because listen, let's think about this. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how famous you are, how rich you are, how many Oscars or Emmys or Tonys or houses or cars. That stuff at the end of the day really doesn't matter. We all are going to make our transitional journey. Um, and when you make before you make that transitional journey, you want to be able to say to yourself that you fought the good fight, you did the best that you could, and you try to do something to leave a legacy to help others. And that's what I believe. We're temporary custodians of this great earth. And, you know, greats before us, Maya Angelou, Winston Churchill, Picasso, I mean, greats of the greats, they all have had to take this journey. And so while we still have breath in us and our life is still vibrant, my recommendation for people is to do the same thing, which is, you know, my recommendation is to try to figure out what it is that you could do to help others to make the world a better place and leave a legacy. Yeah, it's it's nice to make a paycheck, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have materialistic things, no doubt about it. I'm not, I'm not shunning those things, but what I'm saying is when you form your priority list and you take that landscape view of life, not the portrait view, but the landscape view of life, when you do that, you'll realize that those material goods and those particular assets are way less important than the asset of life and giving and experience.
0: You know, it's important that you say that, the way you speak and uh, articulate, you know, because my mom recently made a transition. And I bring that up on the show because uh, I always felt that you are important in my life uh, you had a book out at the time called Blast the Sugar Out and I interviewed you on the show and I went man I love this book I love this book and I took it home and uh, I live in Atlanta my mom was, was residing in Houston at the time I said mom and I took to her caretakers I said I want you to follow the because the, it's a cookbook too it, not yeah. only tells you how, what you should do but it also gives you recipes on what you should eat on a daily basis mm-hmm. and and we followed that man and it really improved her health man and I, and I want to Thank you for for providing that tool in my life for me to give. Because you're helpless in your life. Especially yeah. when your parents get older. You don't yeah. you know, there's no there's no miracle pill to get it right. But there are opportunities like that for people like you to provide us with information or tools that can make our lives better while we're still here. And you did that for me, my brother. And I want to say personally thank you.
1: Well, Rashad, I gotta tell you something. I mean, you know, as a writer, uh, which I do Every day of my life as a writer and a content creator, you know, I work often in 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 isolation and a vacuum, meaning, you know, I'm at my computer, you know, at my desk at three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. You know, it's dark outside. The family's asleep. I got music on the radio trying to keep up. Uh, But, you know, you work not really knowing whether or not what you're creating is going to be impactful to someone. Mm -hmm. But I work with the hope. I work with the hope that even if one person can find a benefit or feel like what I've written and created has changed their life, whether it's in fiction or whether it's in nonfiction, my health books, either one, if if it can impact even just one life, it makes me feel like all the time and the effort and the dedication was well worth it. So you saying to me, and you told me this before, but you saying to me how that book impacted your mother, that's exactly what my intention was my intention is to write things and to create things for people so they can take it and immediately incorporate it in their lives and see a difference and hopefully You know, live better and live stronger and live longer and live happier.
0: Well, you know, and thank you for, you know, being who you are. The reason I I shared that story with you, because you're about to become, you know, uh, the solo host for the 13th season of the of the doctors. And sometimes I just want to let you know what you do, what you've written. You know, and I'm sure, you know, we've been involved in other, I feel, um uh, life changing events like the events we did with State Farm. I felt that was life changing. You come on mm-hmm. Steve Harvey's show talking about sh- Shred, and I've seen you on other mm-hmm. shows. But I just want to hear from one on one. You, you, you had a positive effect in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and it was so important that I tell you this because I allowed your book to be part of my mom. My mama, you know what I'm saying? My mama, mm-hmm. not anybody. My mama. Right. And uh right. and, right. and, and and that's important for you to hear it because you're about to go to a platform now where it's a world stage. And yeah. you can you can keep that little nugget in your head and say what I do has relevancy cuz television can kind of dilute that.
1: Because it's yeah, television.
0: Well, me, it's entertainment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and,
1: uh, and But I want to tell you something real fast. I'm to tell you this. Listen, when I got this opportunity, first of all, uh, I'm very honored and privileged and mm-hmm. grateful for it, first mm-hmm. of all. And I thank God for it. But I wasn't even looking for it. And Rashawn, you've been in the business long enough to know <laughs> that sometimes when you're not looking for something is when things come to you. Right. So you know, when I got the call or the text actually uh, to have the conversation about it, I was on my knees in my garden, sweating, dirty, weeding,
0: mm-hmm. weeding my
1: garden. And I got this text message from a number I didn't even recognize saying to me, hey, Dr. Ian, we think we have a great opportunity we'd like to talk to you about. And it ended up being the executive producer of the doctors. And, you know, after this conversation, she's explained to me the kind of the changes they want to make to the show and they want to revamp it. They want to get rid of the whole, you know, they typically had an ensemble cast of co-hosts. They want to get rid of that, make it one or just two co-hosts. And, um, at the end of the conversation she said, do you want to do it? Just like that. So what do you think? Do you want to do it? And, uh, I was like, yeah, of course I want to do it. (laughs) Uh, you know, (laughs) but, but that being said, um, and thanks to Dr. Phil and Jay McGraw, his son, they're the ones who yep, both uh, of own them. the show. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, what's interesting is this. I tell you all that to say that we are given opportunities in life and those opportunities are not sometimes frequent opportunities. And I think that people have to recognize opportunities when they're given to them because opportunities don't always come in the way that you want them to come or that the way you immediately recognize i'll never forget sitting when we were doing a 50 million pound challenge we were in td jake's uh, potter's house we were in td jake's church Dallas. and and yep and i'll never forget the part of the sermon that he said it has stuck with me every since, and this is years now he said god gives us blessings but unfortunately a lot of people don't recognize the blessings because they don't come in the form that they prayed for them to come into, but God has still sent them a blessing and they don't recognize it. That was so powerful to me. And I've told my family this many many times that you ask for things and that things may come to you but just because they don't come to you in the perfect way that you asked for them, you're missing out. Well, the same thing with opportunities. Opportunities come to you and many shapes and sizes and fashions. And you have to have your eyes open, your ears alert, and your senses ready to be able to take advantage of it. This is a great opportunity for me. It's a national stage. Um, it's the first time they've ever had a single host. It's obvious that I'm African-American, right? So mm-hmm. uh, now I'll be the only African-American male in okay. daytime television hosting a show. And I say that because the opportunities we get are not very often. But when we get these opportunities, we have to do the best we can to show and put our best foot forward and basically represent. So I got to get on this stage and in this studio and I got to represent and let people know that we can do this, that I can do it. And I just think it's very important.
0: You know, let me explain a little bit more about when the blessing doesn't come the way you may have wanted it. Because we all want our talk shows. You've always said that. You said my office in Chicago said, Richard, I want my own show. Mm-hmm. So you get this call, but you, you get it during the middle of a pandemic. You don't know if Hollywood going to re-kick off promotion, come production. You don't know if it's going to be an audience. And this is what he's saying when he's gotten this opportunity, but it is not coming to him in the form that he's prayed for. It's coming in a very uh, remote but but, uh, unsure time. And so you had to make a decision and realize this is a blessing. Let me take advantage of it. Let me say yes and not walk away annoyed that it's happening right now. That's what you're talking about, right, Dr. Smith?
1: 100%. You know, this requires we moved the set from L.A. So the set is on the Paramount lot. Uh, Typically, the show's been there for 12 seasons. It's now going to be in Stanford. Uh, We have a brand new set. It's beautiful. It's awesome looking, but now I, it requires me now to travel right. um, to go shoot the shows. And, you know, listen, I'm the first one talking about safety and dangers during the pandemic. So I had to make a decision with my family about whether or not this mm-hmm. is something I should do, given that I would have to travel for this. And I've been living in a bubble for the last six months. So I've been at home. I haven't, tra- I haven't been on anything public uh, for the last six months. Uh, to protect myself my family and others so so yeah you're right it came at a time that was not ideal given all that's going on but my wife said to me you have to do this yes because it's it's too big of an opportunity And too big of a platform for you to say no to. And yes, there is some risk to us personally, but the positive side of it, you being able to give a voice to America, a calming, scientifically-based voice about the facts of the pandemic, what people can do, how you can inspire people. She said you have to do it. So – you know, that's a decision. Yes. This is a blessing and I'm gonna take the blessing in the form that it came to me.
0: There you go. There you go. Now, in the middle of your conversation, you snuck out a little thing that about gardening now. Doing it <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something. Just to share a personal story with me. I I broke out and created me a little garden too, Doctor. I <laughs> tomatoes, sage, man. I got the I got photos of tomatoes and uh jalapeno peppers and <laughs> It, it, it is and it's going to become an annual thing. Tell us about your yeah. garden that you talked about. Obviously, you're living in this yeah. bubble. And yeah. what benefits did it give to you? And why would you recommend people to do their own organic uh, layout, their own gardens?
1: Well, I got to tell you something. I love yard work. I mean, and people say to me, wait you do your own yard? Absolutely, I do my own yard. I find it to be very meditative. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm by myself. I can think through things. Uh, I'm engaged. It's physical, by the way. When you really get down to it, you know, cutting your grass, weeding your garden, planting, digging, very physical work, by the way. Um, And I really enjoy doing it. And um, the pandemic really said to me, and I've had landscapers, don't get me wrong, but I said during the pandemic, you know what? I'm going to do this myself, actually. You know, why can't I do it? I did it as a kid. Uh, I enjoyed cutting <laughs> grass as a kid, right? Making my $5 a cut. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. So why can't I do it? I'm physically able to do it. And I got to tell you, it's one of the best decisions i made because it really gave me an outlet. It gave me a way to be physical, uh, without you know i work out all the time but it gave me a, another way to be physical without it being a mandatory workout so i have more of a I, I used to have a more of a vegetable garden i have more of a flower garden so i have a lot of different types of flowers right um and the weeds have just the, the weeds said listen we're going to take advantage of the pandemic because they just went crazy for some reason this year <laughs> so i literally rashawn i have spent our not one hour i have spent hours yes pulling up weed and here's the thing they look like plants by the way there weeds, you go. We, yeah we're not talking about weed alone like straw, right. These look, they look like nice plants, but yes. they're not. They're really weeds. And deeply rooted. deeply <laughs> yeah, rooted. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so uh, so yes, yeah, so I've been doing a lot of projects. Rashawn, I've been writing a lot. Mm-hmm. I told people in the beginning of the pandemic on my Instagram, and if you're on Instagram, follow me, at Dr. Ian Smith, spell the doctor out, I-A-N Smith. I told people in the very beginning, I said, guys, here's the deal. We don't know how long this is going to be. We don't know how severe this is going to be. But one thing you can do is be productive, find projects, things that you always said you wanted to do. Do these things that you've always said, if I had more time, if I had, well, now we got the time. So I've been extremely productive. I've been writing like crazy. I wrote my book for twenty twenty one i've already finished two of those books i got two books coming out. then my new book is coming out or yeah in october first the unspoken but you can buy it right really
0: now can buy it. Let's, talk, yeah. let's go can talk it. about it right now let's, let's set it up let's go set it up right you know your new okay. book dr ian k smith is written under that name not under dr ian smith correct
1: Right, that's it's, right. It's cage, about man. a former
0: Chicago detective, Ash Kane. Is desperate for redemption after refusing to participate in the police department cover-up involving the death of a young black man. Sounds very current, don't it? <laughs> Kane is pushing out. <laughs> is pushing out of the fourth, but he won't sit quietly on the sideline. He's compelled to fight for justice as a private investigator, even if it means putting himself in jeopardy. What a timely book! Come on now, the unspoken.
1: Can I tell you something? Now, see, this is this is the crazy thing, Rashawn. I started writing this book two years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. So before. Everyone thinks that I wrote this book to match the time that we're in now had nothing to do with this. Let me tell you why I wrote this book. I've always wanted to write a character, a strong African-American male character. I felt like th- when you look at the landscape of TV and you look at fiction, we don't really have that character. We don't have it. I mean, and so I said, w- and, and my desire to have one, I said, I'll just write it. I said, you know, no one's written it like I'm going to write this character. So I, I had this idea for this character. He's tough. He's, um, uh, he's a great athlete, former athlete. He's smart. He's good looking. He likes golf. He likes classic cars. He's a fun guy. He's had some, some troubles in his romantic life. He basically got stood up by his fiance. So he's not perfect. He's imperfect. He's perfectly imperfect, right? Which is, he's a real person, but here's the deal. I was watching the news one night right, and I saw about the shooting of Laquan McDonald in Chicago. right, And I was watching the video. Of this young black guy walking away from police officers and getting shot. And with no, he had no, 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 he was unarmed. He was no threat. He was just walking away from them. Now yeah. they told him to stop, but he kept walking and they killed him. And as I'm sitting there looking at the video and reading the stories, what real, what I realized, Rashawn, was my goodness, God's amazing. Thank goodness someone had body cam video number one. Right. Right. Number one, thank goodness for body cam video. But number two, they suppressed it for over a year. They sure did.
0: And and actually, they settled with the family.
1: That's right. That's right. They suppressed the video. Someone leaked the video to the media. Yes. And that's when the firestorm started. Yes. But that was a year after it happened. Yes. So thank goodness someone leaked the video.
0: Yes. Because they had already settled with the family and thought it was all under the carpet. It was done. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I said, wow, what a great entree for my character. I'm going to make this guy be a former detective with the Chicago Police Department who leaves because he won't participate in the cover-up of what the police call a bad shooting. Um, And then he hangs up his own shingle. And starts taking on very select cases around the city of Chicago. It takes them all the way to the wealthy North Shore, all the way to the South Side, and in between. So that is what the Unspoken is about. People love it. It already got option to be a TV series. So fingers crossed, Um, they're going to start shopping it in a couple weeks because the producers want to make a TV show. But you know, that's this is another passion of mine. You know, I'd say to people, guys, listen, follow your passion. When you follow your passion, you're not working. It's not work for me. It's just me having fun and, 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 and doing what I love to do. And that makes it much easier well, um, the, than feel like
0: it's worth but it, it, well, The beauty of you has been always, a, you, you're a self-motivator. But when I look at this book and I, you know, if you go online, it's got four and a half out of five stars and reviews all been, uh, Brilliantly received, and uh, and this is a great compelling. This is just another part of your layer. And the reason I always like about you, liked about you, and still like about you, is the fact that you are willing to let that journey take you in that direction. And when when you see the opportunity, like I said, that blessing, you didn't know it was going to happen. You know, Mm -hmm. this was something you watching TV, and it just dawned on you creatively. Wow, this this is some this this that 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 next key that allowed me to be creative. And that is Mm -hmm. what this book is about, the unspoken. You can buy it right now. It comes out officially out October 1st. Give us a little juicy what is this particular storyline about? Now I yeah. want to hear. Hey, you tell me because I don't want to give away too much of the facts. Sure,
1: sure. So um, the book opens up with a very wealthy white woman, yes. aristocratic from mm-hmm. the North Shore of Chicago. Mm-hmm. She goes down to the South Loop and blonde. she goes to
0: Ash. <laughs> huh? She's blonde. Yes,
1: yes, she's blonde. <laughs> she goes down to the South Loop and she finds Ash Kane, our man, and she says to him, "I want you to find my missing daughter." And he doesn't want to do it at first, and there's something she says to him that hes it piques his interest because money's not an issue for him he he he's fine he he got a big settlement from the city, so he doesn't take cases because of the money. He takes cases only when it it tingles something tingles inside of him that says, "I got to look into this and um that's the opening book, and so he's the book is him trying to find this wealthy white girl uh who disappeared and the ride starts. It's twisting and turning, it's up and down. You go to the tough streets of Englewood, um, all the way up to the North Shore and the Wealthy Coast, to downtown, to the Gold Coast. It's just, and you know Chicago, he goes everywhere. And Chicago, by the way, is a character in the book. Chicago, Chicago is, I think, a very important. misunderstood city. Yes, it is. And it's an, but it's an important city. It's the third country's third largest city, but it's a flyover city. Everyone talks about LA and New York, and you fly over Chicago, and so I really wanted Chicago itself to be a character. I want you to understand the pulse of the city, the grit of the city, uh, the fashion of the city. so the violence uh, the, of the city. The violence, right. every, everything, all mm-hmm. parts of the city. It's a corrupt city. Mm-hmm. Chicago's a corrupt city. You know, it's, it's the foundation of this city is corruption. And I don't say that in a negative pejorative way, but that's the truth. If yes. you look at the history of Chicago, it's about backroom deals. It's about connections and who knows who and aldermen and, 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 and the Cook County president. So I felt like what a great place to put a private investigator series in a city that has so many different faces to it.
0: Well, you know, I'm telling you, uh, you're absolutely right. Chicago is one of my favorite cities. Great food, by the way, if you ever want to. Travel around. Say, Where I want to eat great food, go to Chicago. They got it all. That's right. They got it <laughs> That's all. Right. But you know, it, right. we know. Let, let's shift gears a little bit because you are in the doctor, mm-hmm. and, and we're in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, when, uh, when you read an article that states that ninety four percent of the people who actually die from COVID nineteen have pre existing uh, medical mm-hmm. conditions. When you realize that you know African Americans and people of color are overtly uh, are affected by the uh, COVID nineteen virus. What is your role in all of this, just from an informational standpoint, doctor?
1: Well, I think, you know, I think that it's been very unfortunate what has happened in our country. And I say that I'm trying to be calm about it because it really riles my blood pressure. The fact that the medical experts, the scientists, the doctors, the nurses, the public health advocates, the fact that they were not the leading voice of this pandemic and and guiding the country and how to fight it and that the politicians made it a political issue and therefore stripped the true apolitical nature of the pandemic it's science science and medicine are not political People make it political. A virus isn't political. A virus infects what's called a host, and that's just a body. It it could be a rich person, a poor person, a black person, white, Jewish. It doesn't matter. Muslim, it doesn't matter. And and the fact that the government, that certain leaders in the government, quote-unquote leaders in the government, the fact that they made this a political issue is really, really disgusting. And it has compromised the entire country. The number of deaths— would not be where it is. The number of injuries would not be where it is. The loss, now listen to this, no one talks about really the loss of life experience. Kids not being able to go back to school. Mm -hmm. Sports being canceled for kids. Their seniors, the last chance of being able to win the state title. Um, Kids not being recruited. Uh, because they didn't, weren't able to play a whole season and recruiters couldn't see them. People not being able to attend their children's graduation, a whole class, not being able to walk up on the stage in front of hundreds of people, thousands of people cheering them on after four years of hard work. Rashawn, think about the loss of life experience. Right. All because, all because some quote unquote leaders in Washington wanted to politicize this and not take it seriously. And now this is the damage. This is the carnage. So as a physician, as an American, as a, as a lover of human life, this has been a really, really tough time for me to see what has happened. Because I'm telling you, you ask anybody who's been to med school, and they will tell you, Rashawn, this isn't complicated. Scientists and doctors know what to do, but weren't allowed to guide the country and how to minimize its effect. And that's why this is very sad. And history will not look very kindly on this period of American life because it will show how incapable, well, we were not, I shouldn't say inca- we were very capable. It will show how ineffective and inept we were when we had tons of capability that we, we ignored.
0: Absolutely. And, that, and like I said, uh, politicizing it, uh, trying to keep the stock market open, trying to keep the country open when uh, when it can be laid with simple decisions, wear a mask, social distance, and, and, and using political intimidation too. That's what you Saying by not yeah. allowing the doctors to be doctors and scientists to be scientists and be guided by their decision making, no, we're going to change the rules. You can't change the hey, rules Rashan, of science.
1: Rashan, listen, Rashawn, you don't want me to talk to you about the ins and outs, the X's and O's of the economy. I'm not an economist, right? You don't want me to lead that conversation. I'm <laughs> right. serious, right? right? Mm-hmm. You don't want me to tell you the X's and O's. Of how to drill for oil—that's mm. not what I do. I've, I've never, never done it. Haven't trained in it. Mm-hmm. But here we have people who have never, never done anything in the scientific community are going to tell the country what is a good vaccine, what is the proper medication, when a vaccine should be available. How can you say that? That's like me saying to you hey Rashawn. You know what? In six months, I want the stock market to be over forty thousand. Yes. Based on what? Mm-hmm. Well, because I said that we should be at forty. 40 it doesn't work that way. Science doesn't work because you got some deadline. Science is science. Science happens on its own. And I just think, you know, it's just been horrible in this country. I just very sad. It's just, yeah. And a
0: classic example of what you just said, the CEO of AstraZeneca said in April that he would have a vaccine in September. and guess who paused in September? AstraZeneca. So that's what you're saying. You cannot predict. No science. You just and like you, you cannot you, predict you, the stock market.
1: That's right, and you can't give in to political pressure. My feeling, and I'm public about this. My feeling is, had the country shut down for four to six weeks, like the other countries had done. I mean, shut down, no air traffic, no interstate travel with trains and buses. Had we all sheltered in place together, all of us. I don't care where you live, from South Dakota to Louisiana to Boston to LA. It doesn't matter if we all just sat at home in our small communities and let this thing die down. Let it die down. We'd be in a much different world right now. But because people didn't wanna do it, Rashan, in a uniform way, everyone said, well, I got rights. I got rights. This wasn't about rights. This was about how do you attack a global pandemic? And then you look at the data we, on the show, the doctors, we're gonna talk about this September 21st, we premiere, we're gonna talk about what did the other countries do? Why is it that they had 100 days of no infections? And we're gonna compare what they did and what the best lessons are. But we just didn't do it right, Rashawn. Absolutely. People talk about we got we to open the economy. Well, listen, what good is opening the economy if people end up getting sick and you got to close the businesses again? That's what you want to have a ping pong relationship? That's what happened. Open, close, open, close. And now look where we are. Look yeah. where we are. I, pre- I well, called it well, month
0: ago. You called it. it it's the, that's the perfect theme for the new season. Take your power back. Uh, tell us the background of why that's important. Uh, just, just, I'm going to tell you something, man. I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, if I can't see it, I'm, 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 I'm recording it because you're already on fire. you know, my little podcast. You're on fire. But uh, the thing about our relationship, we just get to talking, doctor. We just get to talking. And next thing you know, it's 30 minutes later. We got to go. Hey, I got to stop talking to you, brother. I can't take up all your time. But the but, theme but... is take your power back. Tell us about the new season. You kind of hinted on it on the premiere episode. But what is yeah. the arc of the season? Take your power back.
1: Very succinctly, take your power back means that we have been living in times that we have felt powerless. These are uncertain times. These are dangerous times. People are scared and nervous, understandably so. We want to show people that there are things that you can do to take some of that power back. Not all of it, because some of this is out of our control, like a vaccine is out of our control. But there are things that you can do within your own homes, within your own life, to take some of that power and stability back. And so we're going to inspire people. We're going to challenge people. We're going to give you the best answers that we can find that are scientifically based and not politically based. And my my mission to my team was this. In the very beginning, I said, guys, every day I want to do something that every person watching can make a change in their life to improve it. And that's our mission. We want to, This is a show for the people. It's about the people. It's not about what Dr. Ian thinks, what my producers think. It's about what people need. So we want to put this show forward to you all. So send me a DM on Instagram, at Dr. Ian Smith. Uh, spell the doctor out. And let me know what you want us to talk about. Uh, let me know about your experts. We want different experts from all walks of life to give us different experiences. This is going to be a show For all of us, it's going to be a diverse show tackling issues that we all care about.
0: Yeah, and you know I post about you. So, you know, when people react very good when I post about Dr. Ian Smith on my timeline. (laughs) And so if you got a banner that says what you just said, please tell your people to get it to me so I can post and let people know that this show is about the people. It's not so much about the producers. It's about the people and the voices. They want to... Be a part of the show. You're engaging them. But more importantly, his book, The Unspoken, is coming out. is already out officially out October 1st. You're premiering your new episode of the 13th season. He's the solo host. Dr. Ian Smith is who's the solo host of The Doctors. The author, Ian K. Smith, is the same person. Same person now, doing his thing in multiple levels. Like I said, he's been a blessing in my life. He's a blessing to my mom. I appreciate you. And my last name, if you ever do an episode, brother, about bacon. Call me, man. I show up. I, I show up and do a, do some baking on the show. Just let people live right. I take care of you. I take man, care. You. You. So I, take I care.
1: got you, and I appreciate your friendship through the years. Uh-huh. And we've we've had a lot of experiences together. And the road ain't over yet, so let's keep going.
0: Absolutely. Again, thank you for coming on the show. And uh, get those banners to me about your show so I can get them posted before the show premieres. Thank you, my brother. Right, appreciate man. you. Thank you.
1: Man. Love you. Much love Bye-bye. to you. Take care.
0: If you want to hear more episodes of Money Making Conversations, Ooh. please go to moneymakingconversation.com I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Cool.